0: I'd like to introduce Dr. Kurt Maxwell from the US. Uh he has his office in Mexico and he's originally from New Zealand. Thank you for joining me today, Kurt.
1: Sure, so Happy to.
0: Thank you. Could you tell us when you first heard about LDN?
1: Oh boy, oh man, I must be more than ten years ago at least. Um uh I I, I don't I'm not sure where I heard it linda, but it might have been in the Townsend letter, but I'm just really not sure. I got a couple of books written um written about um I've got one book exclusively written about low-dose dose so and I've got another book um another book that mentions that mentions it, so I'm not really sure where I heard about it. It's been quite some years um yeah, the other book is Honest medicine with Julia chop um mm-hmm. she mentions. She mentioned it in that. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Um to start with I was I was um ordering the low dose naltrexone from um, compounding pharmacists and um then I found out how to do this um do this one where you get the fifty milligram pharmaceutical naltrexone and you know, we get this little brown bottle. That's what I ship out now, little brown bottle and bottle in syringe and you Fill up the fill it up to fifty milliliters with um, distilled water, and then you put one one fifty milligram pill. in. so, when it's dissolved, now you got one milliliter is one milligram. You know, and that's how we that's what that's what we do now. We don't use we don't get it from compounding pharmacies anymore. It's cheaper that way. It's a lot lot cheaper. We send it out for about one hundred and fifty bucks for almost a year's supply, which is not bad. Mhm. Yeah.
0: What are you prescribing? LDN for what conditions
1: well um, I got I got a really good cancer program so I'm putting everybody with cancer on it and I'm also putting everybody with load with um, or any autoimmune conditions naturally you know from anything anything at all that suggests um, autoimmune and then you know like fibromyalgia that's fairly really common um, that can really be helped by low dose naltrexone and um, also I suggest that um, that almost every older person can benefit from low-dose naltrexone because it releases endorphins. And endorphins, um, as we get older, the um, tendency is to decrease endorphins. And older people feel pain a lot more. So I found out that um, low-dose naltrexone means that it releases endorphins. People don't feel as much pain. And so... You know, my my thing that I'm doing most of the time is pain management. I use um, prolotherapy and I use German neural therapy, and uh, so that's that's the main part of my practice. And um, there's a, there's an awful lot of um, there's an awful lot of immune system problems probably uh, more and more um, uh, happening. You know, so that's what I use it for.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you got any case studies that you could think of that you could share with us?
1: Uh, you see, the, the, the thing, the thing about the low-dose naltrexone is I, I seldom ever put them on just low-dose naltrexone. So, the only one I've really got was, um, uh, at the Yuma Fair last year in March, I was introduced to this guy and he asked me if I could do anything with his psoriasis. And, uh, so I said, well, I haven't had any first-hand experience, but, you know, it's kind of considered like an autoimmune disease in a way. And... Uh, it wouldn't hurt trying it, you know. So um so he he got he got some from me and I didn't hear from him until um December. So that was March until December because sometimes low dose on takes a while to work, you know. But anyway he sent me two pictures and um oh there was was a real bad of bad psoriasis in the first picture and the second picture the skin was pretty clear. So that was that was um, the most dramatic thing I've seen with the low dose naltrexone. Just pretty dramatic. He said, I mean, he still got the psoriasis, but maybe a third of what he had, and way, way improved. So that was that was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, for example, when you use LDN in cancer, what other drugs are you using alongside of the LDN?
1: Well, we we use a very comprehensive program. Of course in Mexico we can use Leetro and um we kind of base it Ronald Reagan when he got colon cancer, you know, he did he went to the he went to see Hans Nieper in Germany and so Hans Nieper was a big fan of Leetro and carnivore and we use um high dose emulsified vitamin A and we use vitamins C. well we see when we bring them in we do um we do 12 days of IVs, and the first one we do is ultraviolet blood irradiation with ozone. We take 60 cc of blood out, put it in the IV bag, put 60 cc of ozone, and then drip it through the um, ultraviolet machine. You know, so the cannula, the glass tube that runs through the machine, it makes the blood spin, so it pretty well gets irradiated totally. And then we follow that up with vitamin C and nine grams of leucetrol. And then we follow that up by a Myers cocktail, which is like B vitamins and magnesium chloride and diphenhydramine and um, folic acid and B12. And then we follow that up by hydrogen peroxide and and DMSO. Um, and so we bring them in for 12 days, and then I send them for a, a very comprehensive blood work workup, where they pull out about 12 vials of blood. So after we get the blood back from the lab, it's, I, we send it up to another lab in Colorado and, they, and the, the PhD lady up there puts it in her computer so we get a report back with all the metabolic and nutritional problems. So we design a custom um, supplement or medication. You know, almost everybody I, I, with cancer of course, I put them on low dose and but I put them on low dose metformin as well because Medformin's got fantastic anti-cancer properties as well. And um and so um just depending on what the individual case is, you know, we, I, I use Cantron, which is another standalone treatment. We use Hoxie formula, or in the, in the U.S. It's, it's, it's illegal, so it's called Hoxie-like formula. Put them on that, and uh, put them on a pretty comprehensive, um program, you know, so we've had, we have very, very good success with that, you know, stage four ovarian cancer gone, and um, uh, liver, liver cancer, melanoma liver cancer um, maintained, so it's not progressing, and um, things like that, it's pretty good, pretty good program. Mm -hmm.
0: And you talked about pain, what other cocktail do you use for pain alongside of LDN?
1: Well, I use the, the most, the, the most common thing that I use for pain is, um I use what's called intraneural therapy from, was developed in, um South Africa by a doctor called Paul Kate Pybus. And it's, it's, um very hard to find any practitioners that know that now, but, um we use local anesthetic. I, I, um, I use a half percent lidocaine, because most people think that local anesthetic's just temporary numbing, but, The Europeans, particularly the Germans, like neural therapy, have used that for its tissue-normalizing and stabilizing ability since the 1920s. But here's the thing that everybody should know too: if you look up, if you look up, if you punch anything into Google and you look at Wikipedia, Wikipedia, I found out about three weeks ago, is controlled by one guy, and he's very, very mainstream. And so anything that is at all alternative, he pretty well labels as quackery. So The interesting thing is when you put in when you look at neurotherapy and Wikipedia is going to tell you it's unproven and it's um, you know quackery and blah blah blah, which is just ridiculous. So you have to take everything with Wikipedia with a grain of salt and uh, not believe too much of it. So we have we have tremendous success and of course we use we use prolotherapy which um, has been around since the 40s and. Uh, Dr. Hackett developed that. He found that if you inject an irritant, and we use dextrose like sugar, if you use, if you in- inject an irritant into a ligament bed, a tendon bed, or into a joint, it causes what's called a sterile inflammation, and it lays down lays down new tissue. So we do a lot of knees, a lot of shoulders. We build a lot of knees. You can save them from being replaced, and uh at joints. um or anything that needs rebuilding, um, wrists, you know, ankles, things, any joints. And so that's what I'm mostly doing all day. Um, and I suggest to people that they go do, go, go take the comprehensive blood work. And so some do, and that's usually, or if they come in and they've got autoimmune disease, you know, they fill out a case history and if, or if they got Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis or any, um, autoimmune disease I suggest I suggest um, low-dose naltrexone to them you know?
0: Mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah. you said um, Parkinson's disease Um, what do you use for Parkinson's disease normally with LDN I know you do the blood work but would you say there's any one particular thing that you use alongside of LDN
1: yeah um, CoQ10 in high doses it's pretty pretty expensive but you know, like 16,000 milligrams of CoQ10 a day, ubiquinol CoQ10. Um, that's, and I, I to, to tell you the truth, I haven't, I haven't, um I haven't followed up on any of it. I mean, some people come back and some people don't. Some people send me emails and tell me how much they, they've improved, but that's, that's what I'm doing is I'm just suggesting, um the, the uh, ubiquinol and the low dose low dose naltrexone to any any person with uh, Parkinson's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, multiple sclerosis seems to have the best results with low dose naltrexone, but of course Dr. Planner, um, before low dose naltrexone came along, he was pretty well curing people with um with multiple sclerosis with um his B vitamins and B twelve and uh calf liver extract and things like that. So that's interesting. I, you know, I can um, I always talk would to, to MS people. Um, we have we have one feedback about um, a lady that I told, whose whose husband had rheumatoid arthritis, and I suggest that low dose milkshakes. So she went back to Ontario, and she told me when she came in the following season that she'd seen this lady um, pushing her 15 year old daughter with with, um, with um, multiple sclerosis in, into the grocery store, and she told her about. Low dose naltrexone, and see, most neurologists won't even talk about it. They, they they won't prescribe it, but she told this her neurologist, and he prescribed um, low dose naltrexone to this girl, and about three weeks later she was out of a wheelchair walking around, which was pretty, pretty impressive, you know, pretty uh, fantastic. Fantastic when it can work that fast, but from what I hear is that low dose naltrexone sometimes takes several months Booking, which is okay, because you're not going to stop it anyway, so you just keep taking it, you know?
0: hmm Right? but well, very, very interesting. Thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. I'd like to introduce Dr. Stephen Richheimer from Los Angeles, the Chief of Pain Medicine at USC. Thank you for joining me, Stephen.
2: It's my pleasure, Linda.
0: Could you tell us when you first heard about LDN?
2: Oh, quite a while ago. I'd have to take a look when Stanford published its first article about LDN and fibromyalgia. Uh, but I think that must be close to eight years ago, and I guess when I first heard about it and started using it.
0: Mm-hmm. And Could you tell us for what conditions, which types of pain that you've been using LDN for?
2: Sure. I use it pretty much for all patients that have a neuropathic pain diagnosis and I include in that fibromyalgia. So fibromyalgia, neuropathies, uh, complex regional pain syndrome, neuralgias. Uh, I think for any neuropathic pain syndrome it is uh, worthy of a try and often helpful. Uh, Of course, a limiting factor is if the patient is taking opioids. uh, I want the patient to be off of the opioids before we try that.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there are a few questions I'd like to ask you. So, if a patient comes to you with uh, very high pain levels of whatever condition they have and they're on opioids, you just said that you'd like them to come off first how do you get them off the opioids and how long do they have to be opioid-free before you start them on LDN?
2: Wow, uh, you kind of asked a million-dollar question. Because <laughs> <laughs> when patients are, are using opioids, especially if they're using significant amounts, uh, it can often be very difficult to uh, to wean them off. Uh, first, the process of of educating them and convincing them that this is a worthwhile endeavor. Uh, and then even once they agree with that, just making it happen is very difficult. Mm-hmm. I have found using ketamine, uh, primarily oral ketamine, but also sometimes topical ketamine, is a very helpful adjunct that makes it easier for patients to get off of their opioids. Uh, but I still can't say that it's easy. It's still a difficult process and we have to try to put together as many different pain management tools as we can, both medication-wise and also things like you know, proper physical therapy, pain psychology, etc. Every tool that we can assemble to help them with this process.
0: Mm-hmm. May I ask, do you consider tramadol an opioid?
2: So the name that's uh, getting bandied about here, uh, at least in the U.S., is calling uh, tramadol and usinta, uh which is tapentadol, um, atypical opioids. So I do think they have uh, some opioid effects, uh, but they do other things also. Mm -hmm. I have used low-dose nalfexone on some patients who are taking Tramadol. And with the understanding that the Tramadol will probably not work as good as it did before because some of the effects of it are being blocked,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, it has been okay. It's still not my preference because I think any opioid, to some extent is counteracting some of the potential benefits of naltrexone.
0: Okay. And ideally, how long would you like a patient to be opioid-free?
2: Basically two weeks. But uh, I tell the patient that the longer they're away from opioids, the, the more we may see the benefits of the naltrexone. Mm-hmm. But basically, after they've been off the opioids for a couple of weeks, then uh, I think they're ready to at least start the naltrexone.
0: Okay. And, and how long, I know these are difficult questions for you, but they're questions that we're repeatedly being asked, but how long would you say, on average, that people notice something that LDN is working?
2: Yeah, so I want to make a dis a uh, distinction between noticing something versus sort of maximal benefit. Yeah. And uh, so noticing something, I I would say many patients notice something within a couple of weeks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but maximal benefit uh, can easily be a couple of months.
0: Okay, a lot of doctors tell me that their patients normally notice something around the four month mark um so if you've noticed great benefits sooner that's um pretty good yeah i don't uh, yeah
2: definitely i think i would go with faster numbers in four months
0: mhm okay and when these patients start ldn do they notice any side effects
2: rarely uh i i've had some patients that have had troubles with uh, headache. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, I've had patients tell me that they have insomnia when they take it in the evening, which is generally how we start the medicine. Um, a, a very few patients have, have felt like it had some some associated change in mental status that made them feel like a little bit a little bit dizzy or a little bit foggy but that's been really rare Uh, I would say the vast majority, three quarters of the patients have no significant side effect at all
0: Mm -hmm. We noticed from a survey we did a few years ago that only 5% of the people that took part in the survey noticed any side effects whatsoever so I think you're unlucky if you do (laughs) experience side effects but we know there are a few people that um, do. And from your experience, the patients that you have tried LDN, um, would you say how many of those that LDN hasn't worked for?
2: Has not worked for? Yeah. Well, again, it depends a little bit what what we call working, because I Mm -hmm. would say a lot of patients tell me that it gives them mild or modest benefits. Um, only a few patients, uh, more than a few, maybe maybe 20% of my patients would tell me it's fairly robust. Uh, I would say a lot of patients tell me it's kind of mild, moderate benefit, but certainly worth it to them and they're glad they're taking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of patients that have said no benefit, uh, maybe about 20% there too. Okay. And
0: um, what about the number of patients stopping. I'm sorry. The number of patients that have stopped LDN, who haven't wished to continue.
2: Yeah. So again, that's probably about the 20% that haven't found any benefit from it, and a few more, not many, that have been troubled by side effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, slightly above 20%, maybe have have wished to stop.
0: Okay. That all sounds pretty good, doesn't it? (laughs) Could you give us some case studies off the top of your head?
2: Sure. Uh, One of my uh, most interesting uh, patients is a patient who has um, multiple areas in her body with neuralgias that May in part be related to an underlying diagnosis of sarcoidosis, uh, and one she clearly has, you know, autoimmune problems at, in in terms of many different symptoms that occur. Uh, and one of the issues that was is happening with her is that she would get uveitis, a uh, optic tract infection, uh, or not infection, but inflammation. Um, autoimmune related uveitis and she would get this um, once or twice a year for years and she wasn't taking any opioids and was and and, and didn't tolerate them and was struggling to try to find something that could help her with her, her neuropathic pain and so i suggested that we try the uh low-dose naltexone. She was one of my early patients, so this must be seven years ago or something like that. And uh, she did. Uh, she came back uh, uh, probably two months later and was very pleased with the results, feeling that she was 30-40% better, which was a big deal for her. Mm. And, and we have continued the low-dose naltexone to this day, and the interesting thing is in the roughly seven years that that we've been doing this, she's had one episode of oh, Wow. Uh, and so that was really uh opening our eyes to the potential uh effect on the uh on the immune system, the you know, new modulating effects of the naltrexone. Mm-hmm. And uh Really caught the attention of the ophthalmologist as well as us uh, okay. so we're we're still trying to figure out how to apply that to other cases but, um, uh, but it was it was fairly dramatic uh, other kinds of cases uh, I would say fairly often I see patients we see a lot of complex regional pain syndrome in our in our center mm-hmm. uh it's one of our areas of specialty. And so typically we will see patients that have maybe failed to improve at, at the first level of pain care that they got. And now they're being sort of referred into the university, which is where I am, uh, to try if, if there's other options for them. And so with these patients often, Opioids have either not helped or sometimes made things worse, and and they're in pretty bad situations. So, uh, one of the strategies that we use with these patients is again trying to get them off of the opioids, which sometimes in and of, in and of itself is helpful. Uh, using and then using ketamine, as we talked about often combined with low-dose naltrexone once they're off the opioids. And I can think of half a dozen patients in just the last couple of years who uh, hadn't really responded to anything else and are doing much better with that combination. Now, I can't tell you they're cured. None of them are, mm-hmm. but uh, again, they are... In the range of 30 to 50% better, which again is in patients who have had trouble finding anything that helps, this has been, uh, you know, a godsend for them, oh, And right. so, uh, that, that's not been an unusual type of scenario.
0: Mm-hmm. How many patients would you say that you've tried LD on, LDN on over the years?
2: Yeah, I was trying to think about that, and uh, I, you know, I really don't know. I would say it's more than a hundred, um, but it, it could be a lot more uh, <laughs> because, as I said, I've been doing it for uh, for seven, eight years now. So it could easily be up at around two hundred. Uh, I I really don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's. Really, really interesting and anything that can help people with pain has to be a good thing because if you're in a lot of pain, sleeping is difficult and if you don't sleep, everything else is even more difficult. So that's um, really good to hear that you are seeing those results even if it's, like you were saying, 50% better than they were. That's still a, a big difference to the individual, isn't
2: it? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you very much for sharing your experience with us. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.